Cairo, Seattle. It's time to get schooled with the professor, John Clayton. Welcome to Schooled with the Professor. And, of course, uh, what's great is that, you know, getting around. It's been a while since I've been around the AFC North. And, of course, uh, you know, getting back to Pittsburgh, getting back to Cleveland. Had to go to a lot of games there. It was had been a great rivalry for many years. And now, of course, that's one that's kind of changed right now with the fortune of the Browns. But right now the Browns are trying to see where they are as a franchise. And on Schooled, let's get together with Mary Kay Cabot of the Cleveland Plain Dealer. And Mary Kay, I mean, as long as you've covered the Browns, I mean, this – You've seen so many weird things. This start for the Browns has to be weird because this is a talented team that's not living up to expectations. Yeah, and I think one of the most bizarre things about it uh, is the fact that they have been blown out twice in these five games. I mean, say what you will about Hugh Jackson, and he is not popular in this town. But even when he had Cody Kessler and Deshaun Kaiser as his starting quarterbacks, he was never blown out like this. I mean, he didn't have Odell Beckham Jr. and, and Baker Mayfield and all of these people, and, and they were never blown out like this. So I think that's one of the most disturbing things about it. But I think there's a lot of reasons for that. I think there are many, many reasons uh, that you can point to for why this is happening. What do you think are some of the reasons? What, what's going on? Well, first of all, I think that when you look back to last year and those last eight games of last season, when Freddie had so much success and Baker Mayfield had so much success, some of it had to do with the fact that they were playing some really bad football teams. And that factors in. I mean, they beat the Bengals twice. Uh, they played, they beat the Atlanta Falcons when their defense was horrible last year. They beat the Carolina Panthers when Cam Newton, uh, at that point, uh, was injured and, and he couldn't, he couldn't uh, make a four-yard pass into the end zone to win the game uh, and and basically couldn't hit the ocean from the beach that day, and they lost that game. The Browns won that game. And uh, the Denver Broncos, when they went out to Denver, they had no cornerbacks in that game at all. They had one safety playing cornerback, and the Browns took advantage of that. So I think they overestimated uh, just kind of how good they were going to be this year and also uh, defensive coordinators, good defensive coordinators, they have a book on Baker Mayfield now. They have they they identified some things uh, that they can take advantage of with him, including flushing him to the right. Uh, you know, there's just a, a certain amount of things that you could do if you've got tall enough defensive linemen. Hem him in, keep him in the pocket, and don't let him see over your two six foot seven uh, defenders. So there's some things like that. Then you've got a whole new offensive staff. So Freddie is trying to pull together, uh, you know, a, a basically tweaked or kind of overhauled scheme taking into account what James Campen brought from Green Bay, what Todd Munkin brought from the Bucks, And they're, they're trying to put it all together. And, you know, I think that they need to streamline it and simplify it a little bit and just kind of get back to doing some of the things that they know they can do well. Well, that's the kind of the curious part about it, because I know Odell Beckham Jr., who I guess is not afraid to talk. It's, it's great to see that he's talking as much as he does, because uh, he, a lot of interesting things to say. But I know that when Freddie Kitchens was talking about him the other day, what he uh, was saying is that uh, maybe that time that he was away from the team in the offseason program slowed things down as far as his learning of the offense specifically and learning, I guess, of all the routes. But what I wonder of is two things. If that probably is true, he probably needed to spend more time with his quarterback, but secondly, maybe are, is Freddie Kitchen's scheme a little too tough? Well, again, I, I do think that that they need to to you know simplify it and and bring it and dial it back a little bit and and do some things 
that they know that they can do well. And, and, you know, sometimes you do that at the bye week. You go back to the drawing board at the bye week. I think it's hard uh, to, to overhaul and revamp things a little bit when you're in the thick of it. They just are coming off three primetime games in their last four weeks and two Monday night games. So you've got a couple short weeks. That's all hard. Then going out to the West Coast, uh, playing against the 49ers when Kyle Shanahan had an extra week to prepare coming off of a bye week. And, boy, you know, Kyle Shanahan uh, is, is an excellent, excellent football coach, and he prepared incredibly well for the Browns. So, uh, you know, there are a lot of things that are at play here. Now, I asked Odell Beckham Jr. that very thing today. I asked him, you know, are you good to go? Are you fully integrated? Do you know what you need to know? Are you up to speed? And he said, absolutely, 100%, I'm good to go. Then I asked him, you know, is, is there, you know, is there too much to be made of the whole quarterback receiver timing chemistry thing and he said basically you know yeah he said that that's really uh not an issue that that doesn't have anything to do with this what he's trying to say is all you have to do is put me out there and throw the ball to me and i'm going to catch the football and all will be all right yeah, I kind of, what I, I, of course, I guess the question now that's probably driving uh, Freddie Kitchens crazy is, is like, are you over your head as a coach? And I go back to some comments that Bob Wiley ended up making in the off season. And I, I, I did you you thought that Bob was a good offensive line coach? I because I, I, I think he's pretty good, and he's no longer there. Yeah. But he was critical of Freddie, <laughs> saying that maybe you know Freddie didn't do as much on the offense last year as was billed. And, uh, you know, he's no longer there, and the offensive line's struggling. Part of it, most, most of it's because of talent. And the line's struggling. The play calling has been, you know, up and down. And so what? where is Freddie Kitchens as a coach? Well, you know, we are going to find that out over the next couple of weeks. Again, they've got the Seahawks coming in on Sunday. Then, after their bye week, they're heading up to New England to play against the Patriots. So Freddie's going to have to go up and match skills against Pete Carroll, and then Bill Belichick, and that's going to be really, really tough. They're going to have to be extremely prepared and sound fundamentally, and they haven't been. They haven't been disciplined. I mean, they lost their first game because they had 18 penalties. So he's on a learning curve. There's no question about it. I mean, think about this. He had never been a head coach at any level, and he had never really even been a coordinator full-time before this. He was an interim coordinator last year, and uh, and like you mentioned, uh, what Bob Wiley was trying to say was, you know, by the time Freddie took over as interim offensive coordinator last year, they kind of had their mojo down in who was doing what. And they were, they were pretty much a, a well-oiled machine in terms of division of labor and roles. And, you know, Al Saunders, the, the senior offensive assistant, handled the red zone. Uh, Ken Zampezi, a very experienced quarterback coach and offensive coordinator, <laughs> excuse me, um, you know, did the base pass game and, and a lot of third down stuff. Uh, Bob Wiley handled run game protection schemes, and they kind of each took their area of expertise and handed over uh, some really good things to Freddie and gave him, you know, really nice game plans. Again, couple that with the fact that they were playing some really bad defenses, and it and it just kind of worked. And And this year, you know, it's an amalgamation of different philosophies, different schemes, and, and again, Freddie is on the learning curve. I mean, there was a, a, a game at home here where they, you know, he, he admitted uh, that, you know, they got to first and goal, I think, at the four, and they, they couldn't score. They could not score a touchdown. Four straight passes. They didn't run Nick Chubb at all. And, he, you know, he said after that, 
hey, you know, this, you know, some of this stuff is new to me. Well, you know, this roster isn't isn't set up for a coach on a learning curve. It's really not. It's it's set up for a it's set up to win, and it and it requires uh, coaching that matches up to the ability of the players. So uh, he's going to have to come up the learning curve very quickly, and everybody else on this staff is going to have to, uh, you know pull their weight or maybe step it up a notch as well. And, and they've got, again, they've got to coach better. They've got to get a handle on this football team in terms of penalties, discipline, getting plays in on time. I mean, one of the things that Freddie did this past week, and he admitted this mistake, he, he thought that Antonio Callaway coming off a four-game suspension was going to be ready for a huge role um, and playing in the slot and doing some things that he wasn't even really ready to do. And he had a horrible game. I mean, he just, he just wasn't ready. And so that was another sort of head coaching mistake where he overestimated the ability of a young player uh, coming off a four-game suspension to go in and be put in a position to, uh, to play a humongous role. You know, I go back to the offensive line, and I guess some of the numbers are scary. I mean, what is it? They've had uh, six holding penalties, ten false starts. They uh, have had numerous, you know, I think four other plays, a legal block in the back that put uh, the offense in bad down and distant situations. And then I saw the one weird stat, which I guess is true. Uh, when they're second and long, Freddie Kitchens runs 41% of the time. What is that? Well, again, learning curve. And, and trying to figure some things out. I mean, like last year, last eight games, those were the only games that he had ever called. So this is new to him. He's never been through a full season of, of play calling, and now he's the head coach of the football team and the offensive coordinator and the play caller. And it's a lot. And I think at times, I think at times it shows. And that's not to say he's not going to be a good coach. Uh, but he has made some, you know, mistakes that he has readily admitted, and he knows that he's got to get better. Every time we talk to him, he basically says, I have to put them in better positions. I have to do a better job for my quarterback. I've got to do a better job for my offensive line. I mean, he, he's owning it, um, but still, like I said, they don't really have time. This wasn't really supposed to be a learning year or a building year. Uh, this was supposed to be a winning year. No doubt, and so uh, now it's a matter of trying to just uh, get this thing better. What? Let's talk about Baker Mayfield. I guess uh, I mean I, he kind of creates an environment because I when I watched Hard Knocks, he totally changed my opinion about him because I thought, oh, this guy's a little too brash. Then I watched him on Hard Knocks last year, and I came to like him because I thought that okay, he's not coming off maybe maybe he talks a little bit too much, but he came off as a guy that gets along well with his teammates, good motivator, good leader, all those different things, but uh, he just seems to create an environment where people really want to go after him. I mean, we saw that with Nick Boza on Sunday. Yes, absolutely, 100%, and I I was trying to write a column this week about that, and I haven't gotten around to it yet. Hopefully, I still will get there, but, you know, I do feel like he has put this target on his back, and it's incumbent upon this football team to defend that target. And I think it brings unnecessary uh, heat on some of his teammates. And that happened with Nick Bosa. I mean, that put too much pressure on Greg Robinson. You know, who, who needs a Nick Bosa that's playing with his hair on fire? But, of course, that was that one <laughs> excuse me, dated back to, to college. So that wasn't, uh, you know, that wasn't something 
that Baker has done since he's been in the pros. Uh, Nick had been harboring that for a long time. But Richard Sherman, you know, got himself worked up over Baker Mayfield and, um, you know, some of the things that he has said and done. So in a perfect world, if I were the person that were advising him, coaching him, I would, I would ask him, and I would have asked him last year, to please tone it down a little bit. Don't bring undue heat on yourself or your teammates. Uh, you know, the Hugh Jackson stuff, the Daniel Jones stuff, the Duke John. You know, I mean, that's Baker's persona, and it, it is, you know, his brand. Uh, but I also think that, uh, you know, that there's a little bit too much of that and that, you know, he could dial that back a tad. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, has has things changed as far as his throwing? I know that the, the tendency now with down and distance is to throw the ball a little bit longer, and his arm is strong enough to be able to do it. Maybe he's not the strongest you could like to have, but still, he's efficient enough. But what seems to have changed as far as you know what's going on as far as the, the type of passes he's throwing and how well he's throwing them? Well, again, I think they're playing better defenses, and he's under a tremendous amount of pressure this season and he's holding the ball too long. I don't think he's looking out there and seeing exactly what he wants at all times. So I don't know if that's a function of scheming it up or play calling that they need to change some, some things up that way. I think part of the problem is that Richard Higgins, his security blanket hasn't been out there. Uh, he lost David Njoku, another guy that he had a comfort level with. Um, and sorry about that. Um, and I do still think from his vantage point, that he's still getting to know the nuances of Odell Beckham Jr. Even though Odell is confident that that that's not an issue, I think it is a little bit of an issue for Baker because I think he worries that when uh, he does identify a safety over the top that they're rolling extra coverage to Odell, I think Baker goes away from that a little bit too quickly and just basically assumes that Odell is going to be doubled. But I mean, Baker is accurate enough to squeeze it in there, and I think he needs to to try that a little bit more. A couple times he's thrown to Odell and it's been picked off, but, I mean, they just have to work through that. I mean, you just have to – they haven't had time to to rep it, you know, in training camp or uh, in OTAs or anything like that. I mean, they kind of have to learn it on the field. But I do agree with Jarvis that, you know, basically you've got to get the ball to guys like Jarvis and Odell who are your big name stars here, you know, to try to help this team get to the playoffs. What, uh, when you talked about his rolling out to the right, uh, what problems have been created with what defenses are doing at forcing that? And what problems does that create for the type of throws he has to make? Well, you know, I mean, I was told, someone, a a coach told me even before the season, oh, teams are going to find out that he can't, you know, roll to his right and throw on the run to the right. And, and I think teams did, some teams did figure that out, and they are trying to flush him over, over to the right. And he was struggling when, <clears throat> excuse me, when that was happening. Uh, but by the same token, you know, if you, if you hem him in and keep him in the pocket, you know, you can bat down some balls and things like that. So, you know, he, he's trying to find uh, his throwing lanes, and they have to help him. Uh, you know, they have to scheme it up so that they can do that. He has been holding the ball. Uh, way too long for a couple of other reasons, you know, like I mentioned before, that he doesn't seem to have, he doesn't seem to be liking what he's seen quickly enough. And and therefore, uh, I think it was three, like 3.35 seconds this past game, and it was that, that matched uh, another game this season where, I mean, you just can't put your offensive line in that situation. It's a much maligned 
offensive line. They're not as bad as I think they're being made out to be right now. Um, and, I, and again, I just think teams have figured out a few things, and they need to adjust. But having said all that, the Browns have an incredibly easy schedule the second half of the season, and the AFC North is not what it was. And they still have everything before them. They still have every single opportunity to go out there and grab the AFC North and win it. I mean, they've in the second half of the season, they've got two games against the Steelers. They've got two games that are one and four this this season so far. They've got two games against the 0-5 Bengals. They've got a game against the tanking Dolphins. They're going to win a lot of games as long as they have their guys healthy. They have the potential to win a ton of games in the second half of the season and completely flip the script and change this narrative. Mary Kay, that's always great stuff, and it's always great talking to you, and I'm looking forward to seeing you in Cleveland on Sunday. Looking forward to seeing you too, John. And that does it for this week's podcast. In between episodes, you can follow me on Twitter at Clayton ESPN. If you enjoy these weekly one-on-one conversations, consider leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to the show. Thanks for listening. See you next time on Schooled with a Professor.